Welcome to the 34th episode of the Undermind. I have with me Dave Churchill. Uh, hi, Dave. Hello. And Jasper Gertz, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, aka Jaegers. Hi, Jaegers. How are you? Hey there. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. And this is the first time that we are streaming live, so I'm very curious how it will turn out. Uh, I expect the burning train wreck, so I can be pleasantly surprised. Uh, with that happy thought in mind, uh, let's uh, start with the usual question, what you've been up to lately? We have discussed it a little bit uh, before the stream, recording, whatever, but uh, let's reiterate and maybe uh, collect our thoughts a little. I'm starting to be a bad teacher here. So, Jaegers, uh, what you've been up to? Uh, what are your goals for the next uh, few years? Let's discuss your quarterly course. Uh, so, last week I had, <clears throat> I had exams, so I haven't done that much, but um, lately uh, JBW, which I've been working on, uh, uh, I've tested it more with uh, a fork from uh, Purple Wave called Violet Lily on the, on the SSAIT uh, ladder and on Bezel, and it seems to work uh, really good. So I'm confident that it's finally bug-free or almost bug-free. So I'm uh, thinking of releasing a version one in uh, the coming days. And uh, yeah, also I've finally implemented uh, client-side latency compensation for it because I've been holding off on doing that, but now it's finally there. So it's really, it has the same features as normal uh, BW API, uh, the C++ one. So now the Java one should be exactly the same and have similar speeds or be at least almost as fast. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, Peter Holick who made a fix uh, for uh, my bunker code. If he listens to this podcast, thank you very much. Mm, yeah, and that's it, uh, what I've been doing uh, these last weeks. So uh, no update for Violet Lily uh, as of yet? Um, I'm disabling, I mean, I'm, I have disabled it because it's, a, it's a, basically a fork from Purple Wave, and I added nothing special except for changing out the underlying underlying bindings. So, yeah, and JW API should be a lot faster than PW Mirror. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not worth having calling it a fork if I don't have any like changes in it that do things differently. The only things that would go different are if there are bugs in my framework, basically. Yeah, that's fair. So that's in Scala. Uh, the bot is in Scala, but the framework is in Java. Okay. So um, with that uh, in uh, bearing all this in mind, uh, Dave, uh, we all know the answer, but what you've been up to uh, besides aid uh, lately, if anything? Um. Well, I was just going to say I got back from a conference recently, but that was the aid conference. <laughs> so I guess that's not allowed to talk about. Um, no, I just got back from aid, which was in uh, Atlanta, in Georgia, in the U.S. 
at Georgia Tech. That was really fun. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't stay for the whole thing, but uh, I waited too long to book my plane ticket, and so I couldn't get the one home that I wanted, so I left after after the second day. So we had the RTS workshop there. Um, I presented a paper that we did about um, machine learning state evaluation in Prismata, which is a game, another game that I've worked on, which is a strategy card game. And uh, I presented the aid results at the workshop and asked everyone to keep them secret until Wednesday when I gave them at the conference. Um, but I won't get into that because there's there's a, little, there's a little bit of drama there, so we'll save that for the aid talk. Other than that, just teaching and uh, supervising students and adopting a kitten. Yeah, I just pulled up uh, uh, the website of Prismata. Uh, we talked about it briefly before, but uh, that is not the focus right now. Uh, however, uh, an aid is kind of, but before we uh, do that, let's just uh, have some general transmission, so to speak. Uh, first of all, I think um, the AI news segment is picking up a little bit of steam. Uh, I mean, I got a good f feedback about it and people seem to like it. And I'm very happy because it spreads awareness about our scene. And gamers are um, maybe not, a, not that much interested in bot development right off the bat, but still a huge demographic. And I think most of them would be interested or not most of them, many of them would be interested if they just know about this. And also it is a great, uh, great uh, hobby project to learn programming. I don't know if you saw or followed the segments and uh, do you have any opinion, feedback or whatever, feel free to uh, be very harsh. Unfortunately, I, I haven't caught those yet, so I'm going to, I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I've seen them and uh, yeah, I like them a lot. They're short and compressed, uh, but the main messages uh, I think are coming over well. So uh, it's not too complicated. Uh, and I like the, the clip, the, the clips that are in it. Uh, just I'm, I'm wondering if people know um, uh, OpenBW, uh, the, the player. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, the replay viewer. Uh, I think I mentioned it in one of the broadcasts, but I'm not sure. I um, uh, I mean, one of the AI news. I definitely mentioned, because... mentioned it in the uh, SSCIT broadcasts. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because I think that would be like a, for their news segments. I think the OpenBW replay viewer, if they would know it existed, then maybe they would use it. I think. Yeah, um, I'm not sure because it uh, does not have the remastered graphics, and some people might care about that. I think uh, the StarCraft remastered client has a very good uh, replay viewer and. There are enhanced tools to replay, uh, to view replays now. Like there are there are stats displayed and and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that, but still, watching something in your browser is always very easy. 
All right. Um, second general transmission is uh, we organized a live coding session with Banana Brain tomorrow, um, and I very curious how it turns out. It's basically just a, a free chat and see how how a bot development is is done. I think I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will see if it uh, has it has enough entertainment value to be a regular thing. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's more more like an um, announcement at this point. But if you think you want to see something in that stream, then feel free to uh, ask. When will it be exactly? It's uh, tomorrow. At, at, that's October the 20th and uh, 17 o'clock uh, European summer time. CEST. C-E-S-T. Yeah, because time zones. Quite early for uh, people in the USA and North America. But of course, there will be a recording, so you can just watch it later. Okay, cool. Okay, and I think that's all I had uh, as a warm up section. Uh, and let's talk about aid now. So with that, uh, Dave, I I would like to ask you, what's your what's your general experience? Uh, just feel free to to uh, go on and on about it. How was it? Uh, do you think it was great, good, bad, worse? <laughs> so so um, first of all, if people want on the AIIDE YouTube page or something, there's a like my talk that I gave there was an hour long. Um, about the competition. So I don't want to necessarily go on for an hour when people can look at that. But um, let me just load up my PDF slides real quick. Um, actually, let me send them to you. You could pop them up on the screen if you want. Yeah, sure, why not? Why not? But um, let's keep in mind that uh, there will be an audio recording, so. Uh, let's oh, let's, of course. Talk, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. talk it out, but uh, people who watch the stream can watch it in uh, just a second. Uh, I'm... Yeah, um, I guess while I'm talking, you can scroll because I can't see, like there's a delay, so I can't talk to your scrolling. Yeah, 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 just talk um, and I will try to uh, find the correct slide. Yeah, so um, it's the 10th year anniversary of the aid competition, which was pretty cool. Um, in the first year, um, Ben Weber ran it at the uh, University of California, Santa Cruz. And since then, I've been organizing it first at the University of Alberta and now at Memorial University, which is on the east coast of Canada. And so 10 years is, is pretty nice. This is stuff has been going on officially for a decade now. Um, still, we, uh, we only use Brood War, not StarCraft II. And uh, I've gotten a lot of questions about whether or not we're going to run a StarCraft II competition. And my answer is, when it becomes easy for us to run games over IP with StarCraft II, that's when I will run a StarCraft II competition. Because um, I don't want to run a competition in, in, with, in which both bots are running from the same machine. Because it's really easy to like eat up all the CPU or the RAM or whatever and with that sort of thing. Also, the current competition software could be used with StarCraft II um, if, it's e if it was possible to run the IP games really easily. Now, of course, it's 
you know, they're computers, you can do whatever you, you want with them. So we could run it, but it's a lot of work right now to get it into that state. So that's, that's why I haven't um, personally done that. If you look at the uh, registrations uh, sheet there, we had the most new registrations of any aid competition ever this year. Uh, something like 21 or 22 people said they were going to submit new bots, but 10 of those didn't. Um, one of them withdrew, and the rest just didn't submit and didn't tell me anything. So there was a lot of interest, uh, especially from um, people from China, but only a couple of them submitted. So we had uh, 14 people actually submit bots, and unfortunately Stormbreaker ended up being disqualified. Um, the reason they were disqualified was because they were a fork of Saida, which was the Samsung bot that won last year's competition. And most of the changes, so myself and, and Dan Gant and um, a few other people went over the source code, and the majority of the changes were uh, cosmetic, and a lot of code was included that was just then commented out or not used. And they used like the exact same build order, the exact same strategy, the exact same, a lot of things. They had claimed that they'd written a neural network to do something clever, but it turned out that when we actually looked at their code, they had included a neural net, but the only place in which they actually used the neural net, the result of the call to the neural net was never actually used. It was like a block of code where they said something like string result equals call neural net, and then that result just went out of scope and was never actually used. I would like so, to share a personal story. I did the exact same thing for my bachelor's thesis, <laughs> but I never claimed to actually use it. I just implemented a demo neural okay. network. <laughs> so yeah, but, that uh, was allowed. <laughs> that was allowed. And in the meantime, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Tyr uh, or Simon Prince just wrote that uh, there was an update that makes uh, SC2 bots uh, running SC2 bots easier over IP. But please continue. Okay. Um, if someone wants to help us with that, then that would be great. But I'm busy for the coming months. Um, so yeah, Stormbreaker was disqualified because there weren't uh, enough changes from Sida, and of course. You know, we open source things so that people can build on previous entries and we can advance the state of the art. But if all you do is take the source code of a bot that it took like 10 professional programmers to create and then you don't really change anything, then that's not good enough for the competition. So unfortunately, that's a subjective process, but, you know, I hope people trust me in that decision because it really didn't do much more than Saiba. So we ran the competition um, with that bot included. And then luckily, we're able to just really um, easily remove that bot from the, uh, from the results. And so we ran the competition. And Locutus won. And Purple Wave came second by a very small margin, so like less than 2%. But then we realized that, um, that Locutus actually crashed every single game. Sorry. McRave crashed every single game against Locutus. And so that was a real issue. And so we investigated what had happened. And what happened was that one of McRave's um, learning read-write files had been corrupted somehow. And it was just like weird random binary data. And so every time he went to read that data, 
that I, I'm he assumed was in a certain format, then the data was corrupted, and and uh, the bot didn't start. And so what we did was we investigated like why that was corrupted, whether that was um, his fault or our fault. And we said, well, if we find that it's our fault, we we will rerun the competition. If we find that it's his fault, then we won't rerun the competition. And we found that what we did when we started the competition, we have two machines that have um, 28 cores in them. And so that's what we run the competition on um, along with some other machines. And I had swapped some RAM into uh, one of the machines and then we ran the competition on that machine and sort of walked away. And the machine apparently uh, had blue screened at some point while we weren't there and restarted. And that was probably because of the RAM that I didn't do a proper test on. And so apparently what, what we think happened is that while McCrave was writing a file, the machine blue screened. And like, you know, that's a one in a lifetime sort of happening, but that's how the, um, the file got corrupted. And wow. so what we had done was because the machine had crashed, we just kept all of those results and then restarted it from that point on a machine that we 100% knew for sure worked. Um, and so by keeping those results, we also kept the corrupted files. And so afterwards, when we found all of this, we just reran the competition. Um, so the rerun of the competition was very interesting. Um, and th these new results are the ones that are displayed on the website. Uh, even though the old results are still there. Um, so you, like, there's no reason to throw out data, right? So we still have them all there. You can still access them and download all the replays, whatever. But um, yeah, the new results, uh, Locutus still won and Purple Wave still came second. But uh, there was a huge shifting amongst the other bots in the rankings. But interestingly enough, the, the win percentages only changed by between like two and six percent it wasn't gigantic differences uh, like for example mccrave still lost all of its games except one against Locutus. but um the rankings changed due to um strategy selection so what happened was a lot of the bots do this thing where they record the results of previous matches and then choose their strategy based on like, okay, I tried this strategy last time and it won or lost. Therefore, um, if it won, I'll try it again. If it lost, then I'll then I'll do something else. Some of the results um, were quite staggering. So a couple of the matchups, even though the overall win percentage didn't shift that much, the matchups, some of them were, were crazy different. So one of them went from like 10% win rate, um, so like 10 wins, 90 losses, to 90 wins and 10 losses. And the reason for that is, let's say you have five or six different strategies that you're choosing from. If you say chose one that was actually a winning strategy, but it got unlucky somehow and lost, then you wouldn't try that strategy again until you've tried all the others. And so um, based on like a little bit of luck, you could get extremely unlucky if you are implementing one of these um, strategy selection learning type things. And of course, if you play infinite games, um, this will all even out, but with quote unquote only playing a hundred games, um, you know, you could easily swing um, against a particular opponent by a lot of games just based on that strategy selection. So that's just a warning um, to future bots. You know, um, it's pretty volatile. Uh, if you if you consider, for example, 
StarCraft and, and other RTS games have this sort of rock, paper, scissors nature to them where, like, you know, paper beats rock. Um, and in RTS, like, attacking beats expanding. And so what happens is if you see something worked last time, you might do it again, but maybe the other person tries a different strategy. And so maybe you're, like, rock chasing paper and paper chasing scissors and scissors chasing something else. When And you get this cycle of strategy selection that actually works completely in the opposite way that you hope it would work. And so there's really interesting problems there. Um, and that's why the results were like really, really skewed. And uh, the Purple Wave author made a post on, on Jay Scott's blog about this. Um, so I won't talk too much about it. So that that's why there were drastic swings in some matchups. But for example, I think Steamhammer, even though it, it won something like 3% more games in the second running, it actually went up four ranks in the competition. That's because the difference between like fifth place and ninth place was something like three or 4%. Um, all of those bots were really clustered together. So it was really interesting to see that. Um, I was really glad that we found the error and that it wasn't a problem with the software. It was just like this like one in a million um, hardware crash. But it's classic, classic shit happens type of situation. And uh, let me say that you handled it uh, perfectly. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, let's just rerun it uh, as, as consistently as we can. Yeah, because my, my view that with the tournament has always been like, I don't care what the results are as long as they're true, right? So if it was our fault, we have to rerun. And for example, um, Bruce and Dan, who are Locutus and Purple Wave, they said, okay, we can keep the results, it's okay. And I think um, McCrave was a little disappointed in his performance, but because um, he also had some timeouts. So even though the crash affected him, like his, um, his bot was timing out a lot. And it turns out that um, some of the authors were a little frustrated because like Basil, for example, um, that competition or ladder, it um, it uses SC Docker, I believe. So it's run on Linux and they don't do as strict of timing or crash reporting as we do with the tournament manager in Windows. And so they had assumed that their bot was performing perfectly and never timing out. But then when you submit to aid, it starts timing out and crashing because we have more strict requirements. So that was a bit of, bit of a point of contention. But I mean, in my opinion, for a real StarCraft AI competition, the game was meant to run on Windows. And so it was. that's what it was programmed for. If you play a human tournament in Brood War, it's going to be run on Windows. And so that's why the competition is still run on Windows. And we can't look at other competitions that maybe run in Linux, for example, and then compare our results. Because when you're running a 20-year-old game on, a, on an operating system that it was never meant to run, even though, you know, OpenBW is an amazing piece of software. Um, the aid tournament, you know, it will just always be run in Windows because of that. And so luckily now we have the ladder. And so people can use the ladder to um, to test their bots before submitting to a competition. So, so something like that doesn't happen again in the future. Uh, a few points uh, to what you just said. First of all, um, do you uh, think that... Uh you need a hardware upgrade or uh, was it just a faulty piece of hardware or or uh, do, you, do you think that your hardware was not up to par and uh, you need something stronger, better, etc.? 
Uh, we definitely don't need new hardware or stronger hardware. What happened was um, we have three machines that are available for GPU computation. Um, and they're like i7 7700K processors. They're, they're really nice processors. We also have um, two main machines that have i9... I can't remember the exact number, but it's the 14-core 28-thread uh, machine. Uh, I believe those the, some of the undergrads were, were mining Bitcoin on the GPUs. That's why everything went bad. Yeah, no, we don't, <laughs> we don't allow that. So that's a, that's the new canon. Um, so what happened was Rick, who's the technical programmer who has been for the last two years, he was using one of the machines, one of those large core machines to test the ladder software on. And we wanted to run the competition right away and we have a second machine, and we had so few bots that we only needed to use one machine this year to run like the 12 VMs on. So we said, okay, Rick is using this one to do his development on and his testing. So let's run it on the other one. The other one that we wanted to run it on only had 32 gigs of RAM in it. The, the development machine had 64 gigs of RAM. So I said, foolishly, let's just take 32 gigs of RAM out of the development machine and put it into that other machine. And of course, with RAM, I guess it wasn't, I don't know, whatever you call when RAM has to be exactly the same in order to be compatible. And so the 64 gigs somehow made the machine crash. Um, it, it also could have been a driver issue, not 100% sure. But essentially, when we saw that that machine had crashed, we just ran the, the the competition on the development machine that we were 100% sure worked. And that's the one we let, we ran last year's competition on. So um, at the very most, we might need to replace the RAM. Or it might have been a hard drive. It might have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe the electricity glitched out or something. Um, we just plugged it into the wall at the university, right? So whatever hardware failure happened was not due to the machine like not being expensive enough. It's like a $4,000 machine, right? It's you're not going to get a better one for for this purpose. So, um... do you think that um, if and when let's theorize uh, remastered support will come to BWE API, uh, you need need an upgrade uh, or or something will will change in that regard. Uh, personally, I don't think so because uh, StarCraft, as you mentioned, is a 20 year old game. Actually, more. Uh, even remastered does not use any um, meaningful amount of resources, I believe. And uh, the the backend backend would be probably almost the same. Can so I in that case, a quick remark. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead. Um, yeah. So as Dan already said in chat, and uh, which I want to remark as well, is uh, the thing you said about SC Docker. It's actually not uh, like running OpenBW, but it's uh, running. BW Headless, which is like running the real StarCraft, just without the user interface. And, which chat um, are you looking at, by the way? The Twitch chat. Oh, Twitch chat. Oh, okay. And um, uh, so it's actually running the real StarCraft, but uh, there can be two reasons, basically, for different behavior in uh, Bazel compared to your setup 
the the timing one which is set which is completely different uh and the second one is that uh the memory layout could be different on windows compared to because they're run in in wine uh so there you could have some bugs as well if um undefined behavior happens it could crash on one or the other and not on the other one so you could have bugs that way as well which you don't see on basil but you see on ssc ait or AWIDE or the inverse, something like that. Yeah, it's hard to compare the results when you run them either like in SE Docker or Wine or Windows, etc. And so, you know, with with several years of, of testing the software in Windows um, and constantly updating it. And for example, Rick this year did great work on before we would just say that the bot crashed if, if something happened, which essentially meant that, you know, there's a number of different things that could have been a crash, which is either, you know, the bot timed out for 60 seconds or the StarCraft executable physically shut down or um, like the machine turned off or something like that. It's, if you think about it, it's actually really difficult to sort of determine if a bot crashed or not. And, so the way we've been doing that is uh, we use the tournament module in BWAPI to constantly output whether or not the game is like still running. So we actually write to a file on the machine and then the Java client software on the machine monitors that file to say, to see if like the frame is changing and if the game is actually updating, et cetera. So this year, um, if you go to the results, the, the detailed results page and click show the legend. There's like a lot more uh, detail now on, on how, like what the bot crashes mean. So let me just load that and give you an example. So a crash, the, a crash doesn't necessarily mean a crash, um, like the StarCraft executable actually failed. Um, so if you click show table legend, in the top left. Yeah, so there we have um, normal. So that's like, this is how the, the game ended. So normal just means that, you know, nothing bad happened. Starcraft, uh, game state not updated 60 seconds. That means that one of the bots was probably in some sort of infinite loop or something and didn't update the game state. So that means the tournament module essentially didn't get called for a full minute. There's Starcraft crash. So the way we detect that is that the client software, the Java software monitors the processes that are running and sees that StarCraft.exe is no longer running. Um, game state never detected. That means that um, the game, the StarCraft.exe started, but the game state from the tournament module was never actually created. StarCraft never detected means that um, the exe never ran. And then game state not updated 60 seconds, both bots. That, that means that something kind of major happened where both bots um, weren't updated. Um, and so also this year for the first time, um, Rick actually had the good idea of saving the crash logs. So on the main page, if you just go back from, from that one, we actually have the BW API crash logs that are now saved. And so hopefully people can use that to help debug their, their bots. Actually, I would love to interview Rick as well. I don't know if uh, 
he expressed any kind of interest in doing that? Um, well, I can't speak for him. Um, I'm sure that uh, like he's he's pretty enthusiastic about it all. So I can't say that like I can't force him to do it or not. But um, if you do it, I'm sure there's nothing stopping him from doing that. Yeah, just a remark. You're not and, his, uh, not his actual boss. Well, I'm his supervisor for his thesis, but you know, I'm not going to force him to come on to, <laughs> to a podcast if he doesn't want to. Yeah, at least we, you are not admitting that publicly. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I let's continue. His funding if he doesn't. Um, and just one more thing about the ladder. So the ladder software works. People have been using it, and for people who, I guess, kind of. You know, this is one of these situations where we're kind of preaching to the choir. Like anyone tuning into the StarCraft AI podcast kind of knows this already. But the way we've set it up is that it's not like SSCAIT in that um, bots like that are new and updated get like prioritized on the scheduler. What we do essentially is um, the ladder itself, the web page is just an interface to send us your files. And then, like, every Sunday, we start a new competition that runs for a week. And um, in that way, we don't have to deal with a lot of the issues that, that SSCAIT has to deal with, um, which is amazing, like, the fact that they're able to deal with that. But, for example, if there's a new bot, I think SSCAIT, like, schedules it um, so that it plays more games, et cetera, et cetera. Or, like, how do you deal with, you know, if I update my bot, so that it doesn't crash as much, then I want to see the new results versus the old results. But essentially now, um, you know, barring any major unforeseen problems, the the latter, if you update your upload your bot and say it's active, then it just participates in the weekly aid tournament. <laughs> and A you quick, do not have to submit your source code to participate in the latter, only in the competition. Uh... And how many games do you think you will be able to play for a week? Um, well, for example, this competition took a week to run and did about a thousand games. So I think between a thousand and two thousand games per day um, is easily doable. That uh, seems a little bit, uh, well, not low. It's definitely not low, but uh, do you plan to speed this up somehow? Uh, is, is the goal to play more games or uh, you want to be more like SSCIT so sort of uh, live games? Um, no, it's, it's meant to play as fast as possible. It's just that because this is um, like all day, every day, um, we, we can't devote all of our hardware to it like we do with aid. And so where we might have like three machines running last year to run the aid competition, we essentially just have like one dedicated machine with 10 or 12 virtual machines running the ladder. Um, now we still play them like at set speed zero as fast as the bots can go, but you know, a thousand to 2000 games per day is still faster than most places around as far as I know. Actually, uh, per, day, per day or per week? Sorry, I... No, per day. Okay. okay. Yeah, Actually, I was wondering about scaling. With imagine if there's like 100 bots that submit, if there would be 100 bots, but then uh, could... yeah, well, if there's 100 bots, then there's less games played per bot. That's that's all we can do, right? We are not yeah. Google. 
I can't. No, no, no. It makes makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. No, it's already. Yeah, it's not. um, Yeah, like like this year, you know, in a week, I think we played ten thousand games. So it's about fifteen hundred a day, I would say, on average. Um, But like last year, we played like thirty thousand games. Let me see. How many did we play there? I just want to double check. I'm curious how it compares to Basil, actually. So last year we ran 29,000 games, but that's divided by two. So that's, yeah, between 1,000 and 2,000 games a day. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I actually don't see the uh, stats in a Basil, how many games per day, but I will ask Whitekeeper next time. And by no means are we trying to like put Basil out of business, right? We just um, so also the reason we're able to do this is because the ladder itself, like I said, is just it's completely separate from the tournament manager software. So there's no new tournament manager software for the ladder. the The way it works is that we're running like an I think like a Node.js server somewhere that that serves the pages for the ladder. Um, and that runs on one of our machines, the same machine that, so the same machine that is the server for the tournament manager software runs the server for hosting the website of the ladder. And so that web server, when it receives your files, just puts them in the directory that the tournament manager uses to start the next tournament. And in that way, the ladder software and the tournament manager software are literally completely separate and don't have to know that each other exists at all. And any updates we make to the tournament manager software um, automatically make the ladder better, which is cool. Yeah, sounds like a good arrangement. Uh, quick in-betweener, you asked about uh, Bezo. And I went to the last 24-hour thing and looked how many entries there are. And there are 1,445 entries in the last 24 hours. So I think it's comparable. Yeah, because what happens is we're playing as fast as the bots play, with the only caveat being that we wait for games to start before starting the next game. And so basically, as fast as bots play is as fast as we are running the the games. And so... um, I don't know how many virtual machines that Basil is running, but we'll probably use either 10 or 12 for the latter. All right, cool. It's super nice that this is all here, that it exists. Definitely. And um, there are no bots that was uh, submitted by one of your students, right? Not mine, no. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the second tournament, which is currently running. Um, so this year we have... I'm sorry if I'm, I just keep talking, but I just want to get this out of the way. Um, we also have a second tournament on five unknown maps. So I asked people when they submitted for the normal aid tournament whether or not they wanted to opt out of this. Um, and I forgot that ZZZK bot written by Chris Cox had opted out. Um, and I included him in it, and he had some hard-coded stuff, so so he crashed. But anyway, um, the second tournament has started. The five maps that people did not know 
were Fighting Spirit, Roadkill, Polaris Rhapsody, Longinus 2, and Arcadia. And so that is currently happening. And none of the bots in that competition are currently crashing or doing anything overly weird because of the unknown maps. That is a testament to their quality, so to speak. I also would be interested um, in possibly running a competition in which, um, so the aid competition, I want to run like the main competition with the same rules, maybe switch up the maps, you know, because we had the same maps for like, I don't know, like eight years or something now. And it's, it's ridiculous. We should change the maps, right? Yes. Um, and I think so changing I... the unknown map tournament is one thing that we wanted to do. And we're doing that this year. And I think another thing that would be interesting would, um, would be a third competition where we anonymize the names before starting. So everyone is given, like, you can still learn about someone, but essentially everyone's name would just be like a letter of the alphabet, right? So you can learn about bot A, but you don't know that bot A is Locutus until after you've learned about it. So I think that that is, is also interesting. Um, now, the main competition would still be, you know, this person. But uh, I think that there's something, something to be said for... Um, doing well under more general circumstances as well. Okay, a little bit a different topic, but um, this bot uh, requires uh, you to submit your bot source at this tournament. And uh, do you think that's a major deterrent for many people? Do you mean the aid tournament? Yes. Uh, I know that it has been a deterrent for several people. Um, who have wanted to compete but haven't wanted to submit their source but that's fine they there are other tournaments that accept them so if it is a deterrent that's fine it's just you know you can't please everybody and what we're trying to do is more general helping ai um it's it like the the amount we care about well the amount that i personally care about like the best starcraft ai is not as interesting as um advancing the state of the art for general ai and that's why we open source it um, but now we have the ladder. So if you want to compete in the ladder and see how well you can do against bots in the competition, then you're free to submit it there and just a binary. Um, and so, yeah, you can actually see how well you can do. And not only that, but if people want to actually say, hey, I'm better than the bots in the aid competition, well, all the software is open source. So you can download all the bots and run your own competition, etc. So... Yes, it, it has caused maybe over the years half a dozen people not to submit, but we've had, you know, giant corporations like Samsung and Facebook submit bots that were open source. So um, it's been it's been pretty good and it will stay that way and as long as I'm running it at least. Fair enough. And uh, speaking of the map pool, uh, Antiga said that he is planning to switch up the AIST map pool uh, for the reasons you mentioned. And I, for one, would love to uh, play wacky bots playing wacky maps, but not just wacky maps, just, just new ones. I actually wanted one of the maps to be an island map, not a like island expansion map, but like you actually start on your own islands. But it turned out that that broke a lot of the map analysis tools, so we couldn't use it. Yeah, I think that's the, the main problem. Uh, BWTA and BWEM don't or could crash on those new maps or those weird maps. 
Yeah, we had chosen um, our original five choices. Two of them crashed BWEM, and so we had to choose different maps. But I've been told that those um, those problems should actually be solved soon, at least with BWEM. The only solution is making a new map analysis library. Just kidding. That's kind of also why I removed the map analysis from from my bot because I wanted it to, um, you know, be an option that you could use that if you wanted to, but just have the bot not depend on any external uh, libraries. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, back to the conference itself. Uh... You mentioned that you did this presentation. Other than that, was there any StarCraft-related presentation? Or uh, if not StarCraft, any RTS AI uh, or something in that general area that we might take a look at? Give me one second. I am loading up the Aid Conference Twitter account. And there was a stream of the conference. I don't know if that covered the whole conference itself or just a few presentations. And um, it was the main conference. So I'll link a tweet. You can put it up on the uh, on the big screen. Yeah, sure. There you go. So the Aid 19 Best Paper Award goes to Macro Action Selection with Deep Reinforcement Learning in StarCraft by Sijia Ju and a bunch of other authors. And you know who Sijia is? No. No? Okay. Well, he, he wrote Overmind. Not Overmind. Uh, Overkill. Nice. It was a bot, a Zerk bot that competed in previous years. So yeah, the best paper award of the competition went to a StarCraft paper, which was which was pretty great. Yeah, um, and uh, can you provide me a link to that paper actually, so I can just add, or is that public? I cannot right now. Um, it will be in the proceedings of aid, but I don't have a link to that. Okay, I will publish it when uh, it becomes available. So yeah, the. Um, the RTS workshop had a few papers uh, that were um, StarCraft related as well. What else happened on the uh, on that RTS workshop? So it was technically a strategy game workshop. It used to be the RTS workshop, but um, we changed it just to be strategy games. Um, the let me see one second. We briefly touched on um, other game AIs, and I'm uh, more and more um, trying to read up on that. Uh, but well, time is always a factor. So if you go to the link, if if you display that, um, the links to the papers that were presented at the workshop are actually there, and the schedule, so you can um, you can look. Unfortunately, I was actually sick during the morning of the workshop and didn't catch the first half. Um, I was only there for the afternoon. And so all of those links down there are the actual papers. Oh, very nice. Something to read about. Uh, definitely will include that uh, on the post about the podcast. And, um, and also, you can see there at uh, 1530, Santiago Antanian, he presented the micro RTS 
tournament report. So if your viewers, I don't know if you've talked about micro RTS on this podcast before. Uh, briefly, I think we touched it, but uh, feel free to repeat uh, what you want. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, we realized a few years ago that StarCraft is a very hard problem. So if we want to do something like apply machine learning to the whole game, well, you know, even Google struggles with this. So Santiago had the um, really good idea of creating a very, very simple RTS game, which is like a grid-based game in which you move one tile per turn and you can shoot or construct something, you know, you gather resources, but like you have an eight by eight grid map instead of like a hundred by a hundred, for example. And so this really simple RTS game um, lets you do things like apply more complex techniques because the game itself is simpler. And so he presented the results of that competition um, and they were very interesting. So I, I encourage people to pick up micro RTS if they're interested in a game that's not as complex as StarCraft. I found a page called micro RTS AI competition. Is that the one we are speaking about? Yes. Okay. So we know that now. It's interesting. You seem to um, get involved in, in smaller scale games that uh, are, uh, that can be used well to solve sub problems like micro RTS and Prismata. Well, Prismata is, it's smaller, but not, not that small. <laughs> um, that was actually, so micro RTS, I actually am not involved with that. That's Santi's project. Um, but uh, Prismata was a project. Well, it was a game and like an actual retail game. And I got involved with it um, as a part-time job during my PhD. And it was really cool. It's a good game. People should go buy it. Yeah, sounds good. And um, speaking of conferences, um, in uh, one of the last, uh, I think, uh, one or two podcasts ago, my memory is not the best, uh, we talked about the FOSDEM conference uh, in the spring or end of winter. And there uh, might be a StarCraft AI tournament as well. Um, Have you heard about that? And uh, Jaegers, that's a question to you as well. Uh, Did you you listen to that cast? Do you know what we are talking about? And do you plan to go even? Unfortunately, I don't. Okay. Which 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 cast? Sorry, could you repeat was, the question? Yeah, it, uh, I think it was the previous uh, cast, and it's the FOSDEM uh, academic conference in February, I think. I, I won't be able to go to that oh, one. Uh, the one in the one in Brussels. Yes, uh, February first uh, and second, twenty twenty. Yeah, Dave, for you it it's a little bit harder. Yes. Yeah, I could maybe go. I'm not sure yet what I'll be doing then, but nothing's stopping me. And it looked like a a big thing, so maybe I'll go. Yeah, so it would be nice. And uh, we've been pondering on European meetup anyway, and I think this is the perfect place for it. There is enough time. There is even a StarCraft tournament. And yeah, it's just... uh, it is the perfect kind of uh, officialness to it. Yeah, sounds cool. All right, so we will not uh, really uh, discuss that in detail. 
and also it is not a done deal yet it is under heavy organization but anyway actually uh, you basically covered all the topics Dave that I was gonna ask uh, so I, I'm a little bit of uh, out of uh, ideas what should we talk about um, in generally uh, you said that uh, you you weren't at the conference uh, for the full length regardless uh, what was your impression of the conference itself like uh, was it a pleasant atmosphere um do would you uh, suggest people to go there and when you was okay like if you if you were to go there for the first time would you recommend how much stars would you give for the conference oh i think it's great um so i went to both uh cog which is conference on games it was previously cig um that's the other conference that runs the starcraft competition i went to that it was in london in august it was great um, it was really well attended. It had like 250 people there for the conference. Um, AIDE was a bit smaller this year. It was in um, Atlanta. Both conferences are in a different place every year. I think CIG or COG is in uh, Osaka, Japan next year. And I'm not sure where AID is going to be. But they're both excellent conferences. They have that sort of small conference feel where a lot of people sort of know each other, but it's not clickish either. Um, it's just people doing really cool work. Um, you see a lot more experimental work at these conferences. So, you know, AI that isn't as polished or, you know, we're not focused on the newest optimization in deep learning necessarily. It's more about the games themselves. Um, and so it's, it's really cool. I really like it. I'd recommend anyone to go. It's not the... Um, like they're not the conferences that have the highest like impact factor numbers, but to me, I'd rather submit there than like AAAI or something because it's just I find the conferences more fun. But if you know if you like bigger conferences and more impact factor, then you would probably submit to a different conference. But uh, I, I've been at Aid every year since 2011, and I'll continue to go because I think it's a great conference. Yeah, I just uh, pulled up an image that you this talk reminded me of. And in the meantime, um, there is a question from Jean Chassoul. Uh, can you comment on the Python ecosystem support or the lack of it inside the Windows 32-bit? Uh, I personally can't. <laughs> Jaegers, Dave, what, what's your uh, take on that? Uh, so basically, I think the question is about SSC, SSC AIT uh not having like native python support but it has java support etc uh as a comment and that the machines are 32-bit i think this is about ssa ssc ait i sub but i mean i think so uh yeah uh there's no uh, python support but you can always just use PyInstaller to embed the script into an executable and then just run your python bot and there already exists like one, two, or three different Python bindings. So I don't think there's a lack of support for Python. Uh, like there's no native support, but you can build it very easily uh, and just upload it and it works. Uh, and I think you can even use Torchcraft, but I'll let Dan correct me if that's, if that's wrong. With aid, we... Um... Any software that runs on Windows will let you 
will let you run. So people have used Python for our bots in the past, so I don't know if that's referring to eight or not. Yeah, well, maybe the, the question could be clarified in the comments a bit more. Okay, if it will be clarified, then we will discuss that. Yeah, that was my impression as well. And regardless of that, um, I think the more languages we can uh, we can program bots in, the better. And I think we we should uh, try to support as many uh, wrappers or endpoints or whatever you want to call as as possible. Uh, we mentioned that there is even a C sharp wrapper by one of the uh, guys on the SSCIT Discord. I don't remember who it was exactly and i i welcome that and um, every language that is actually a modern usable language should i see no reason why we shouldn't sub support it well i see one reason which is the amount of work it required but still in the meantime dan says that uh, you can use torchcraft but it may or may not be easier than using the other python pw api wrappers I personally have no experience with Torchcraft. So you can use Torchcraft. Okay, cool. Which is uh, admittedly a weakness of mine because I really wanted to check that out, uh, check that ecosystem out, but time is always a constraint. So yeah, uh, you should go to these conferences and uh, I think uh, if we were to meet there, uh, we we could uh, uh, we could have a, a great time and shenanigans would ensue. And I'm hoping that the FOSDEM conference will be that where we where we can finally meet up a little. I mean, it's not uh, not about socializing or or um, meeting your internet friends or anything, but still, uh, once a year is is tolerable. Yeah, as long as you pay the registration fee. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's the thing about FOSDEM. I think it's it's free. I haven't checked it out. I think it is. I think it is, but I'm really not sure, and I'm not looking it up right now. How much? Um, how many conferences do you go in a year, Dave? Between two and four. I thought you are. Uh, thought the number would be higher. Oh, definitely not. It's very expensive to travel where I am. Hmm. All right then. Okay, uh, that's all I had for today, and uh, let's wait a little if there are any viewer questions or do you have any topics to discuss? But I'm uh, really drawing a blank right now. No, not really. I just I've, I talked a lot, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there has just been a clarification. I see, and well, the whole ecosystem and the libraries, etc. Uh, yeah, but you can package those if you make an executable. And about the Windows 32 uh, thing, yeah. So I think you can't run TensorFlow on 32-bit, for example. I think that's where you are alluding to. Uh, I think that's just the thing of like, it's, it's the, 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 the SSC AIT tournament is run by a university for free and they just don't have the money to upgrade that. 
So if some very generous person or a group or university would have a competition with uh, better computers, for example, uh, well, the a uh, double IDE uh, thing or well, whatever uh, days are running, uh, that that has better hardware and I guess also 64-bit support for libraries. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, we run 60, I think 64-bit Windows 7. Yeah, so that's that's that should be fixed on that, and then I don't think SSC AID will ever change anymore because it's just not the uh, well. They just probably don't have the money for it. Yeah, I, I can't comment on what they do. Macrave just asked a very important question: AITT vs versus AID, which is best? I think it's a hard question. It's 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 really not my not my place to answer that. Um, I think every tournament serves a purpose. I don't think anyone is uh, better than another. I've I've only ever submitted to AITT, so I'm gonna have to go with that one. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Uh, just uh, my feedback. I think the live format is is pretty cool. Seeing people ask questions and stuff. It's a bit more interactive. Yeah, I I, I am pleasantly surprised, and I think we should keep this format. And yeah, um, it it is it is great because uh, a lot of res resources uh, mentioned, especially by Dan, of course, and uh, yeah. And he just wrote heckle, heckle, heckle. <laughs> I mean, feel free to throw. This is why we are here. ATT was cool, uh, but uh, you can't participate with Java bots, so it's minus one points. I have to go with eight. So uh, I, I, I think I think McGrave is thinking of uh, letting people run complete bots for the next one. Uh, so maybe it'll allow different languages if it's not about optimizing the the size. Maybe it'll allow Java if he can if he can if he manages to compile Java code, which shouldn't be too hard. But you know, you never know with McGrave. You you think he could pull a McGrave while uh, compiling Java code? <laughs> he says, Yeah, who, or, who knows? Who knows? Or I can just not compile it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, John Chassu says that uh, Windows uh, is focused on Windows because that's what was the original OS was the game was built for, but how that helps advancing research on AI. Uh, I don't think these two things are tightly coupled, so to speak. Yes, uh, Linux support would be nice, but I, I don't see the, this... This is orthogonal to researching and advancing AI. What do you think, Dave? I didn't see that exact question. Where is it? Uh, just scroll uh, up a little and... Who was uh, it written by? Uh, GHSU. Uh, I will copy the text and send it to you. Well, the competition um, is about playing StarCraft the video game that was released for Windows. And so the competition itself is about seeing who the best StarCraft AI bot is. And so they play 
in the same environment that humans play, which is StarCraft running on Windows. The talk I, the thing I said about advancing AI is why we open source the bot. I'm very well aware that people have all sorts of crazy Docker solutions set up and machine learning libraries that are annoying to get to work in Windows, and I strongly sympathize with that. Um, but if I had to sit down and get all the stuff like crash detection working and all the in the tournament manager software and allow, say, some bots to be on Linux machines and some bots to be on Windows machines, the tournament would not happen. So it's just too much work and we do it for free. And you are more than welcome to take our software and modify it to run your own tournament on Linux. That's the whole point of open sourcing it. So it's not going to happen at eight. That's, that's it. But that's why the software is open source because there's nothing stopping you from taking our client software and running it on Linux. It's, it's pretty easy to do. I'm sorry, not easy to do. What I mean is it's available to do. Easy to begin working on it. <laughs> Uh, Dan asked the question and that if this fork that runs on Linux, et cetera, or runs on multiple things would be available, would you run it on AWIDE? Um, not without significant convincing. Just Basically. because it's... I don't know. It's like so. It's not as dramatic as this, but let me make a wild... Um, comparison. It's like, why don't we play baseball underwater next year? Like, <laughs> you know, I know it's the same game, so it's not the same thing, but... I mean, yeah, um, at some point there has to be a common denominator and that that will be a compromise and you can't please everyone. But uh, I don't think but... it's it's that big of an issue and yeah, there are other tournaments and Unfortunately, you, you have limited time and resources. But let me be a little bit blunt, and I don't want to uh, hurt anyone's feelings, but uh, if you really want this or that, or either you do it yourself or you donate to the people who do it, because uh, time is money and, and the other way around. Well, I'll just, like, the data to back this up is that in the history, the 10-year history of the aid competition, I have had only one person legitimately be upset at us for not supporting Linux. So that is not to say that there's been only one person who would have used Linux or maybe would have entered the competition if we supported Linux, but only one person who like really tried to argue with us that we have to support Linux because they were using, oh my God, like 10 different libraries that were Linux only for supporting all these things that tied like a bunch of different languages together. And it was, it seemed like a nightmare. And I'm very, very, very leery, weary of, of running the competition that supports running bots on Linux versus bots that are on Windows. And so we would have to keep it one OS. And if it's going to be one, it's going to be Windows. But that's just aid. I'm not saying that people can't do that. It's just that Hey, if you want that, just just enter another competition that supports it, or run your own. It's that's it.
Yeah, he just said that we see people asking for Linux support in Discord regularly. Um, Objection, your honor. That's hearsay. They're not, well, they're not. <laughs> they're not asking me directly, um, and it's unfortunate that that happens. But you cannot please everybody. So I would say, architect your bot in a way that does not depend on the operating system, like. Why does your bot have to depend on an OS? He's saying write it in Java or a JVM-based language. Or Absolutely. C++. Like it's, you don't have to use a, a virtual machine-based language. C++ is completely platform-independent. I hate when people say, oh, it's platform. It's cross-platform. It's Java. It's cross-platform. C++ is perfectly cross-platform unless you're doing things like, like timing software or something where you might need to use a different function call like all of the software i have ever written in c++ has been cross-platform so it's not an excuse just write in machine code that's the only thing that's not cross-platform <laughs> i mean uh, if for example for your ladder you only accept compiled binaries then uh, i mean binaries for c++ won't for built for windows won't work in linux and vice versa no, but if we supported multiple OSs, then we would just compile it for our Linux system or compile it for, our, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. was just uh, saying something. No, it's just interesting how... I mean, it's, it's amazing that people have put so much effort into getting bots to work in other languages. Um, but at some point, there is a barrier to entry to do something that you want to do, no matter what that is, right? It's like, I want to play hockey, but I don't want to have to wear skates. Well, sorry, that's the game of hockey, right? So uh, I don't know. You can't please everybody. It's going to be a bit of a struggle to, to break into the scene, and um, we're just going to run the competition on Windows for the foreseeable future. Mm, that's fine. Um, yeah. And um, setting up, um, not the tournament, the tournament is, is uh, like a, a bigger undertaking, but uh, anyone can set up something like Basil, which is, of course, it's it's still not simple, but Basil is literally uh, set up by Bytekeeper as a, as a hobby site, because why not? So uh, you can just do that and, and see, see the interest, see how it works out. Uh, work out the kinks, etc. And I would be so bold as to say that you could also use our tournament manager software on Linux because it's it's all Java based. All you would have to do is change the commands that actually run and stop the game of StarCraft. Well, all right. Uh, I think uh, this uh, Linux versus Windows issue is. Uh a little bit over talked at this point <laughs> and it will not change in the foreseeable future uh, there is no no actual roadblock uh, if you want to do that uh, let's let's just leave it at that at this point i agree well i was just trying i i realized that a lot of people who listen have heard me talk about things before so i was just only trying to talk about the new things because you could talk anyone involved with StarCraft AI could talk for 10 hours about the subject. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I like your polite way of saying, Dave, you know when to shut up. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I, I meant as a, it as a genuine, genuine compliment. You, I, you literally talked about all the talking points I listed uh, for myself and did it in a concise and non, uh, not long-winded way. So you get one internet point. Okay, I think uh, we have given enough time. Uh, I do like this live format and uh, it's a little bit easier to get derailed. But anyway, I will do this in the next time. Thanks for everyone who tuned in and uh, I hope you uh, hope to see you um, again. And thank you for running it as always. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Okay, take care. Goodbye. If you are listening to the podcast on YouTube, please consider giving us a like and a subscribe. Thank you and goodbye.